0: Hello, I'm Martin Mercer. And I'm James Mastriani. You've never heard of us. We're two Brits who grew up in North London and have had varying
1: success in the film and television industry. In our ever-advancing age, we find ourselves on... The The wrong side side of Hollywood. Hollywood. (laughs) In our series of podcasts, we'll share our experiences of what it's like being a British bloke living and working, or not in the biz. We'll discuss everything from fish
0: and chips to things that wind us up. So stay with us. It's all uphill from here. This podcast may contain strong language. If you're of a sensitive nature or easily offended, we invite you to, as they say in Blighty, jog on.
1: For our first episode, what are we going to talk about today? Yes, uh, well, today we're going to talk about us. Now, us, who are we? Well, let's be honest, we're nobodies, but I think that's what makes it... I speak for myself <laughs> uh, I think I think that makes it very interesting because most people uh, are exposed to Los Angeles successes sure. yes in those success stories in many podcasts it's like well how did you get there but quite frankly it's very sugarcoated I think and also I think there's a little bit of what we say in British Yiddish took us lacking for sure right yeah. Now, for those that don't understand Yiddish, that means bottom kissing. Um, <laughs> so I think we are in the trenches. And you've got a very interesting background, James, which you're very shy about. Very shy. And I think, why personally, you, you should have used it more. Why are you bringing this up? Because it's, it's about you. It's about you and me on this first one.
0: Well, OK, so, yes, there is a, a family celebrity Right. Right. And it's not Mastroianni, uh, although my uncle always tells us to say yes, we are related to Marcello. But the actual family connection is Richard Burton,
1: and Richard. Who's that for the younger members of the audience? He's a
0: very famous Welsh actor, which I can't do the accent. But he was my grandmother's brother, so he's actually my great uncle. I mean, this is a movie star. Yeah. And this movie star. Was James's uncle? Not that it's done me any good. Yeah, well, because because I, I, I don't like to to promote that.
1: Right, but this is, a, and I think this is what could be interesting. You're in Los Angeles. You know, this is, and and honestly, James, this has always been my thing. As I, it's a tool. Now, hmm. you, you know, you you've got to balance it between going, oh, hi, my, my uncle Richard Burton, and, and most studio executives now be like, who, oh, Richard? Who? I never heard of him. But but the thing is, is that there is something there. That it is a key to a door. And I think people need, you know, ne- realise that, that being here, you have to use all the tools at your disposal if you don't have well, a trust fund. sure.
0: <laughs> no, sure, but the thing is I've never felt comfortable doing that, so it's not
1: been on my radar. But I'll tell you why, and this is, sorry to cut in, but this is about being British. You're not comfortable doing it because it's boasting... In Australia, they have expression of the tallest poppy. If you're a poppy, you get cut down. You're right. growing above the grass, right. something like that. But they have that expression, and it's very British to not push yourself forward and everything. Mm. And I said, su- I'm suggesting maybe it's that. Maybe I'm talking out of my bottom. No, I don't.
0: I don't think so. Mm. Um, but I always feel
1: awkward because I feel like I have to explain it. Right. So what was it like being Richard Burnwood? You told me he would come round to your house yeah, in I know. a mini. In a red no limo. no 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 he would show, uh-huh. he would come to visit his sister right. my, my grandmother uh,
0: he would show up in a nice big Rolls Royce but it was one that was hired and came with the limo service sure but back in 1980 I think he wanted to buy his then wife Susie Hunt a Mini as a, a gift right. so he bought a Mini Cooper S and uh, because he had some terrible neck
1: and cash. Bone, neck and back <laughs> problems. <laughs> yes it was.
0: <laughs> uh, he asked Guy who was just turned eighteen or nineteen at that point to drive it back okay. to uh Switzerland with him. So they had this amazing road trip.
1: Wow. Um, and and can I just say that Guy is of course, in his own right, an amazing director he just did the show The Shark Is Broken, West End possibly Maybe coming to the US. Yeah. So I mean, amazing.
0: Yep. And uh, yeah, and he's a, an actor in his own right. But he's he's the one with the uh, with the amazing Richard Burton story. Guy he always had this passion to to be mm. an actor. And when he first told me that he was going to be an actor, I'm like you're not <laughs> you and then he performed his first play in the back garden for friends and family who were going to help finance the play for his first London run and it was called the boy's own story by Peter Flannering I believe yeah. and me and a few other people Derek and Richard
1: and Annabelle we videoed it and there was cameras. a wonderful poster I might add I saw was designed for it, and I, oh, my Christ, who was yeah. that? Who did that? I had some some hack called uh, Martin Mercer. Oh yeah, yeah. As you uh, were
0: no, and it was brilliant, and it was. I remember that. Yeah, that's right. And I'm uh, counting on it for my pension. Yeah. So I, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was amazing, and I was quite frankly I was blown away and I was like okay well my brother has some serious
1: acting jobs. So you are going to say some severe acne but um, but now so this obviously so you're surrounded with all this stuff you had a very musical uncle oh, you yeah. had. You, um, well my he,
0: father was a musician he was a violinist and a pianist my father by the way was from New York. Um, so
1: he was Italian. He was first
0: generation American with right. Italian parents. Okay. And he met my mother when my mother was working at the studios here. They ended up moving back to England. I was born in England, as was my brother Guy and my sister Celia. And so I was brought up in England Mm. uh, and very musical. Dad was one of the founding members of the Los Angeles Chamber Orchestra. Um, He was very active in the music scene in New York. Uh, And my mother was, um, was a singer. From Wales, as was her sister, my aunt Rhiannon, who was an opera singer. Hmm. Rhiannon married Brian, who was a professor of music at King's College, Hmm. London, before becoming professor of music at Oxford. And so this very musical background yeah and I was didn't realize it at the time but just privileged to grow up with mm. all this music and
1: uh, and and the film stuff is it because your mum had yeah. you know worked at MGM and she or, or uh, yeah she, well she worked, she worked, for, worked for goldwyn at,
0: studios okay metro so, goldwyn
1: mayer Studios no 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 okay. uh, just goldwyn
0: okay goldwyn studios okay. and she had worked well before that she'd worked uncle richard got her on the robe i think right uh, which was shooting in madrid and so mum was in the script department but working on that and then when she came here she ended up working for the Samuel Goldwyn Studios and I think that's when my dad's brother who was also he was a teamster mm. and he was working for Paramount and right. apparently various connections whatever met my mum before my dad and said I know a guy who you're gonna really like mm. and apparently mum didn't like him <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I she think, had her best uh, relationship. Start, I think basically. I think he wooed her, and yeah. uh, the rest is is as it was say yeah. history. But yeah, and so I was very privileged to
1: to but didn't know it at the time to grow up in a very musical right. family, and that kind of got you sort of in you know you were interested in film from an early age. Well, and yeah, well I had good
0: friends like you and and Nick Jones who who had cine cameras.
1: Yes, um, Super
0: Eight, Super Eight, and yeah. we would make Star Wars. You know, like let's build a trench and run a camera through it and it's like why doesn't it look as good as <laughs> <laughs> but we but we were seven and eight years old so it's like well you
1: know. yeah I mean we met at school didn't we I mean I I always say that I remember you in your nappies because uh when we moved to ha- uh, Hadleywood I was gonna say I suppose we can say that. that's
0: diapers for yeah, my uh, our American diapers, audience.
1: yeah I, I always say I remember seeing James in diapers because I have this memory in my head of going into how it's probably complete rubbish but Going in and seeing this little lad there, a bit younger than me, not much, but a bit younger, and uh, <laughs> and he was still in nappies, bless him. He still is, but uh, I, I well, you know, that's, that's and we've, a different problem. And we've uh, we've known each other ever since then. So quite fascinating, I think, to have known each other then, to have been pursuing this sort of artistic filmmaking. Sort of bent, as it were, yeah. and and to have ended up here, you know, all these years. Well, later. Interesting
0: side note, just to circle back to Uncle Rich mm. or Richard Burton. Sir was um, <laughs> again, you've knighted him.
1: <laughs> yeah. He was not knighted. Was he not knighted? No, he, knighted? No, he wasn't. That's terrible. Now
0: Martin had always wanted to meet Uncle Rich.
1: Oh yeah. Now yeah. this is a major disappointment, and I'm still bitter about it. Yeah, and he he is. Why He's... don't you explain yourself?
0: Well. <laughs> <laughs> so so that that summer when Uncle Rich was sitting in the back garden, I was I had my first girlfriend, Tracy. And so I knew that Uncle Rich was coming to town, so we ditched school that day mm. and we went back to Hadley Wood. All right. Um. <laughs> and I introduced Uncle Rich to Tracy and Tracy was like, Very pleased to meet you, Mr. Burton. And then I remember she called her mum and said, "Mum, I'm at James's house." And she goes, "What are you doing at James's house?" And she said, "I'm meeting Richard Burton." And she goes, "I'll be right there." <laughs> so she, she hung up the phone and drove over. By which time Uncle Richard left. Yeah. Then there was another time
1: when this, I can just imagine this woman careening through traffic. We <laughs> got to see Burton. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, getting to a stop, me gone. So that's how I felt. Gone. Yeah. Well, because James didn't basically. Well, well then my neighbour across the street, you? Jai, oh, he yes. came over one
0: day and it just so happened Uncle Rich was there. Oh, jeez! So he's like, Oh, can I meet him? Can I meet him? I was like, no, mm, Let me God. ask him, let me ask him. And so we go. And of course, Uncle Rich was always very yeah. kind to, Yes, hello, come on. Got not in, And then boy. I remember yeah. when. Oh, sorry, he's when, a British. Yeah, we said hello and Jai was absolutely thrilled and then he turned away and he goes, Oh, my God, my fly was undone the whole time. <laughs> very dry yeah very dry but yeah so there was there was that and then of course i came out that these two events had happened and martin was like wait a second yeah so he's met your girlfriend and your neighbor and you haven't introduced me and then he died um yeah so that was that
1: (laughs) yeah it's a shame i I mean i would have i don't know probably too immature back then to know what to have said and done being a prolific child actor myself <laughs> yes, <tell laughs> i probably would have uh, mr burton would have taken a look at my resume his eyes would have popped but uh um no it would have been would have been fun to have uh, to have met him but it's fine it's just something i can hold against you james yeah of course and, so
0: um, you well, well, as you brought it up why don't you tell us about
1: your childhood ah, acting well, i thought you'd never asked dear boy no, I mean it's, it's quite interesting. I don't have the wonderful rich background that uh, James has in the artistic influences, but what my mum, well, she uh, was a dress designer, so she did have that artistic ability. She actually sketched and designed and made her own wedding dress, mm. which I didn't know until recently and uh but i always knew mum's sketch designs and stuff and dad he was a dental surgeon but he always loved film he always loved film and had a was pretty artistic himself when i was younger and i showed an ability to draw we would go on holiday and we would sketch things together and stuff so that was quite fun and dad would give his appraisal and you know and dad came from a generation the generation between us and our fathers is much shorter i Mm -hmm. think than the generation now because of technology but back then, so Dad's generation was quite tough and hard. And so Dad, Dad's appraisals were quite tough. But he was very supportive. And um, so I always had that support. But what I did really get from Dad was storytelling and that love of cinema. He was the one that told me about, you know, things like Jason and the Argonauts. Right. Ray Harryhausen was this man that animated these creatures. He was the one that loved Star Trek. And, and then when I got older, we would... One of my favourite memories, we'd go down to Video Wizard, it was called, mm. in Potter's Bar. which is a small town on the outskirts of London, well known for its debauchery and red light district. And uh, <laughs> basically, we, we, would, we would go into the video shop, get these videos, and Dad was great. We would get all what they called the video nasties. Right. Zombie, yeah. You know, we will eat you. Uh, I spit on your st- grave. I, yeah, which yeah. I actually didn't see that one. But oh, Stella, Stella Star Crash, that dreadful Italian sort of Star Wars rip-off. That's just so fantastic because it. it's just, you've never seen that, yeah. and it's got Caroline Munro in it who is this British pin-up. She was in James Bond. Oh. Uh, She was in The Spy Who Loved Me. All right. Uh, She played a helicopter pilot. Yes. Yes. So anyway, so, you know, through Dad's influence, you know, I was really interested in film. And the first film I saw at the Odeon, now called The Everyman in Barnet, another small town on the outskirts of London, Famous actually for its appearance in Oliver Twist because it's the first town that Oliver actually seeks shelter in the book, and so I went to the cinema. And my parents were, and that was back in the day when people smoked at cinemas. So you got these smoky projector beams. You'd yeah. see the usherettes with their little tubs of ice cream. There would be the adverts, Perlandine, ba 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 ba, and, and uh, <laughs> the first film was Island on Top of the World with <laughs> Donald Shindon Do you remember Donald oh, Shindon? <laughs> And yeah. he played this explorer and the airship was called the Hyperion, and I loved airships and it was all about discovering this island at the top of the world that was still had Vikings in there. And the the mat work was done by the gentleman whose name I've forgotten, but he was a very famous British mat artist who moved to America and he worked at Disney. Peter mm. Ellenshaw, I believe his name was. Yeah. And um and he actually was a student of an artist called Pop Day. Who did the original map paintings we were discussing the other day James for uh the Black, oh, Narcissus. Yeah, yeah. The Black Narcissus Black Narcissus yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so pop day was the artist and Peter Ellen was a student of him so yeah I saw that film and I was like oh I want to do that I want to do that I want to do special effects and then I just learned everything I could there was a magazine called Lookin magazine and sometimes there were programs on TV like Clapperboard by yep. Chris Kelly yep. that would show you now we got to remember this is back in the day you didn't have DVDs we actually didn't have videos that's where right. when chris kelly was doing clapboard that's right. yeah you know so you but, had you didn't have you had very small information right didn't you?
0: but you your dad was also very cool about buying sort of like eight millimeter
1: yes prints he, of right that, that of, was the first yeah. home entertainment so you had you, jaws and close encounters and yeah stuff but like they were that, in right? sections yeah they were in sections you see so and and he had even got bless him he got chexus chainsaw massacre and of course i remember that, and that seared into my you know even teenager because it, it was a pretty young teenager mature right. wise so that just seared into my brain and, yeah. but you had bits of alien bits of star wars so yeah had all that kind of stuff and and so i read up as much as i could and and then when i went to southgate school miraculously i met up with a friend his name is James Gibbs and his father was George Gibbs who happened to be a special effects supervisor and the only way I realised this was on our drama lesson I can still remember this drama lesson and we were all round in the lower school sitting in this circle and we all had to do this sort of little performance and James does his performance and the next thing I know I see a hand rolling across the floor and I'm like with blood on it I'm like what? (laughs) And it's James had brought this rubber hand. And of course, it wasn't just one of these rubbish joke ones. It was a professional hand probably, from one of his dad's molded, movies. Yeah. And I was like, where? And then he had a brick. He brought his rubber brick out. And and that's how I learned that his dad was a George Gibbs, special effects supervisor Absolutely. who'd worked on The Omen, yeah. who'd worked on... Um, he was working for John Richardson on that film. And he, he basically done tons of movies and uh, flash gordon and indiana jones and the temple of doom and uh, so it was really well known so i was like oh my god you know and in my little brain i gotta be honest with you i was like i really want to get to know this guy yeah and and i did i made sure that i really got to know him and i and showed the first him my work movie and stuff
0: brought you in on was uh,
1: labyrinth and yeah. that was i was about to go to art college but i didn't you know i i was so focused and and this is interesting because sometimes i think you know I, I look back and i criticize myself and think well i was so focused on doing special effects what if i had gone to art college you know would have i have been more successful now would i have been do you know what i mean because i remember with my mum i was talking about mum was like oh you should you know denim film school because i like you i mm-hmm. made super eight films and that's how we yeah. we would do our super eight films together mine were Yours are actually much more put together. Mine were more like I would do gore effects, or so. well, you know, that's just the way I, I see it. Yeah. You know I mean, it's just uh, I just but, wanted to do special effects, so I blow stuff up, right? But you still have a more story th- around it, but yeah. it was about the
0: special effect rather than right. the story, <laughs> yeah.
1: We were both into that. Like, George, one day he'd bring down these little gifts for me, like right. he brought the f- and I wish I'd kept them, but did mm. I? No. Because I'd, that would be my pension now. Yeah. That would be my pension. Back then I wasn't thinking about my pension. No now one, I am. No one ever does. It's, it's now I'm just thinking like... about it. But, but, <laughs> but he, Now you're depressed. Now I'm really thinking about. I know I had an arm from uh, the sequence on. Uh, a labyrinth where Jennifer Colony falls down the passageway of arms I had one of those rubber arms I had. you also had the head from um, Jonathan Price Jonathan from Price, Brazil which
0: we used many times yes. in many of our
1: shorts poking rods through it making his <laughs> eyes pop out doing all that kind of gore stuff but I was like oh my sorry, god if, sorry, I'd, if I'd have kept this I could have now sold it to the prop store for loads of wedge yeah. and be raking it in more than the current Prime Minister of Great Britain and that's something Anyway, right. but um, that was a wonderful uh, experience. And then George, I, I, basically I was going to go to art college. And I said, hey, George, do you need any trainees on on Labyrinth? You know, and he goes, well, Mark, you know, I've got two. if you want to come on, you just have to do it for nothing. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. And I was lucky to say, yeah. And this is this always strikes me as well, because you think, oh, you know, I made my own luck. I asked George. But the thing is, is I was in a position mm-hmm. where I wasn't paying rent. Right. Mum and Dad had a house, I was living there, I didn't have to worry, Right, you know what but, I mean? you were so, also,
0: you are what, 18 when you went on to
1: that? Uh, right? I, yes, 18. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I could work for nothing, I didn't have to yeah. worry about paying bills, that's what I'm saying. So it's easy for me to say, oh I made my own luck, but no, you know, I was in that right circle. But also,
0: because you were friends with James, you also yeah. were able to inconspicuously present... Oh, no, I did. I. James, with these ideas. No, and I can remember doing it on stuff. purpose. Oh, really? I, I made a decision to push myself. I know it sounds so, terrible so now. So, basically, the upshot is he knew your yeah, abilities. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is why he was probably more comfortable about bringing you on than. than, than, than here somebody, we go. Then somebody who he didn't know. Yeah. No, I. Uh, no, you asked him. I did ask him, but he didn't know me and I had nothing to show. Yeah. So it's okay. No, like, it's fine. I know fine, you're but, bitter. But he was, he was no, but no, it I was know cool because I'm not bitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not bloody no, bitter. I'm not
1: <laughs> 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 no, I'm No, it's, it, it's tough. I mean, the thing is, is no, because I'd always, to be fair, I'd always, you know what, James, I'm gasping for a drink. Can I have that? over there. It's just sitting there doing nothing. That's my water. I'll get you some water. I'm going to step nothing. away
0: from the mic for a moment.
1: Keep yeah. talking. Yeah. So, yeah, so he, he you know, I, I made an effort. Actually, one of the interesting stories, I think is interesting anyway, is that so I'd worked on Labyrinth as a trainee and I ended up getting paid for it because I stuck with it and George, George was happy with me. So I got £65 a week. That was my uh, first wage and... um a claim to fame is uh i made the robot that got crushed by a big rock this was a robot that was firing its machine guns um so obviously the robot itself was made by henson creature people but to make the one that blew up george again using very clever don't make a replica of the robot because you're going to blow it up anyway so take a photograph of it and remember this is back in the days when you had to get the stills of a photographer to take a picture, it had to be blown up on a very expensive printer. Right. Um, but it was cheaper than making a model. So they just made this huge life-size photograph cutout. And my job was to dress this robot. Right. So I dressed it. I stuck on the cannon. I painted it and did that. I did and not then, know that.
0: I watched that the other day with Money. Hmm. I had no idea that was a, a, a photograph on top of a... So when
1: you see that big rock rolling up yeah. and then it hits the thing, yeah, yeah, that was a photograph with a few, with a cannon stuck on it yeah, and just some bits and pieces to give it dimension. <laughs> and How then, cool was that? Yeah, and also I helped, you know, at 18 I was helping them rig the explosives, meaning they would, basically what they did, they had these hits and they were wrapped in cork blocks. Right. And they would hot glue those onto the model and then on cue, boom, 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 right. blew it up as the rock hit it. But so so I had a few fun jobs and that was because of George if it had been up to the others I would have just been sweeping the floor and making right. tea now right. I did have to make tea and sweep the floor but George very kindly he kept giving me these fun jobs another one was when you see David Bowie holding the glass sphere and the hand turns round right. and it turns it's into a, a snake. snake so what we had we had George was like here Mark I've got a, a hand it's fixed to a stepper motor a stepper motor is where you can control the speed again and mm-hmm. again, so you can film it again and again. And um, I want you to put a gl- the black glove on it. So you so that's a bit of a problem. It's like, hey, you've got this glove. Right. How do you take this glove and put it on a, a stiff hand right. that's not flexible? So I had to unstitch it, basically. Oh, really? Unstitch the glove, put it on, glue it, and then stitch it back and make it look like it hadn't been touched. Because remember, the camera's right mm-hmm. on there. That was my first job. So George would give me all those jobs and that was great. And um, I, I'd finished on Labyrinth and then went on to do some other stuff. And I'd sort of George was like, well, you're on your own now. You know, you've you've given you a start, you know, I'm not going to kind of be wet nursing you right, for the rest right. of your life. Um, so I went and did other things. And then um, he was doing Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade and um and of course i was hearing about it as i was coming home from my job which was model making at the time and then i'd go and see james at the weekend and jordan saying he was having a problem with rats as we all do and um he said we just can't get this rat so i was like you know what i'm gonna in my spare time i'm gonna make a rat so that's what i did i went home i sculpted this rat over the my weekend i brought hair i made it all and then the, the next time i went to see george i said oh george i've you know i just made this rat i was hearing you talk what do you think he goes oh yeah all right well can you leave that with me so i left it with him and um and then he called me up like a week later and said um you know i want to offer you a job on indiana jones nice and the last crusade i was like yeah great and this time wasn't as a trainee it was actually as a junior sculptor modeler special gotcha. effects modeler as right. they called them there's all these divisions in movie making you can be a in britain anyway it's called mo- you're a modeler You're not a sculptor because, quite rightly, if you're a sculptor, you're working in stone. You know what I mean? That's a real sculptor, isn't it? Uh, But modelling is where you're taking clay and you're fashioning things to be used in the cinema. Whether Mm. it be, you know, if you think about Harry Potter, the stone ornaments and stuff, that's all sculpted or modelled in clay or moulded in fibreglass or polystyrene, styrofoam. And so uh, George was like, "Yeah." So uh, my first job was to help make the rats, and um, so yeah, so that was. I mean, you, there, were, there were real rats in there as well, right? Well, they they had real rats. Mike Cullen was the uh, animal specialist, yeah. And they were, We had this set which is called the catacombs, yeah. And that was filled with water on Elstree. It was the sunken set, yeah. The tank set at Elstree. I think Moby Dick had been shot in sure. that tank. I'm not sure. But anyway, the catacombs were built and the rats were left in the skulls and everything. And of course, rats do as they do. There were more rats as the weeks went on. (laughs) And um, so we had a rat population explosion and the set was gated and we'd, we'd all have to put on these dry suits. And we had the phantom dry suit ripper. Because basically you'd step into the water and suddenly you'd feel this cold water filled with rat poop and whatever sneaking up your leg and somebody had gone round was just piercing all the dry suits for the effects boys and props. Yeah so that was a bit unnecessary but that was a great experience because we we had these mechanical rats but anyway I won't bore you with that but nonetheless it was a really good experience and Fantastic. so and so that's how it all started really the journey from you know in yeah. into, into a career yeah you know wow it's kind of basically our history really in a, in nutshell. a nutshell oh well and I know <laughs> each other very well we can um, finish each other's Sentences, yes, Yes. Yes. Yeah, so I've got some friends who would be good to see their opinions as well, and they're all people working in the trenches. It's it's like, you know, we've had a career, had a taste. You know, I was in Clive Barker's house. I mean, here's a man, first of all, he's self-made. I always admired that. He came from Liverpool, ended up living in Hollywood. He's a world-renowned writer, obviously. You know, Hellraiser, the remake, has just been released. Mm -hmm. He finally owns the rights to that again because he initially had to give them up to direct the first Hellraiser. But um, but there are other stories to tell. But what I'm trying to say is, I and James, we've had this sniff. You know, I've been in Clive's houses and it's like, oh, my God, you're overlooking Beverly Hills. You can see the whole of Los Angeles. It's like, ah, it's amazing. It's, oh, this must be fantastic. And then, of course, we come back to North Hollywood. And (laughs) and and there you go. The the view from the trenches. There you go. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Uh, well, cool. I think we could wrap this one up. Yes. Send it to Pete, our man in the chair, who's going to make us sound good. Hopefully, yeah. With any luck.
1: Please, Pete. Thanks.
0: All right. This is James and Martin signing off. <laughs> so long. Oh, so long, everyone.
1: CB. CB. Remember when you got a CB, James? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh. So long, everyone.
0: Before we go, we bring you our... Fact Check! Fact Check! Fact Check! segment. Here with the benefit of hindsight... And editing. We can own up to our mistakes.
1: Uh, James, it wasn't the Los Angeles Chamber Orchestra your father founded. It was the National Opera Foundation of Los Angeles.
0: It wasn't the National Opera Foundation of Los Angeles, though, Martin. It was the Opera Foundation of (laughs) Los Angeles. Oh,
1: yeah! Oops.
0: Uh, And, Martin, it it wasn't the Denham Film School your mum was talking about. It was Beaconsfield National Film and Television School.
1: Oh. Well, it wasn't the robe your mum worked on, James. It was Alexander the Great.
0: Ah, yes, thank you for that. And also, you refer to the Henson Creature People. It's Henson's Creature Shop.
1: Well, I know that, but they're Creature People.
0: Moving so, on. Bloody picky. See you next week.
1: Bye.